You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Check it out. What's going on, everybody? I am back. This is Jason Jones. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, that time of the year where my allergies act up every now and then. Nevertheless, I am here. And welcome back to the Ruler of the Court podcast, where I talk Sacramento Kings. I talk hip-hop. I talk whatever else might come to mind. But those are usually my two uh, wheelhouses, so to speak. Kings, who I, the team I covered on a daily basis for 12 years. Now I've taken a step back and it's given me a different perspective on them not having to be around them every day and deal with the grind. And also, I'm in hip-hop every day. I probably probably not a day in my life that I don't listen to hip-hop, read about hip-hop, talk about hip-hop. Just what I do. And without further ado, let's go ahead and just jump into this. Uh, <clears throat> you know, we're more than a week removed since Luke Walton was fired and we entered to the interim Alvin Gentry era, and needless to say, if you've watched the Kings at all, we've seen a lot of the same shit from them. You know, I attended their game um, Tuesday against the uh, Lakers and watched them go from great to terrible <laughs> in ha- within half to the point Gentry was apologizing to the fans for what they'd seen. Uh, wish he had apologized to us. I mean, he could apologize to the media. Uh, if the media could get refunds for what we had to watch, I think we'd all take them. It was just god-awful. So, of course, that meant the next night they go back to L.A. and beat the Clippers rather handily. Clippers didn't play Paul George, you know, but hey, when you're the Kings and you're struggling, you can take anything you can get. But that's not really what I wanted to focus on on the Kings uh, on this day. What I really want to get into is the life and time, so to speak, of De'Aaron Fox and... There's been a lot of talk about his start to the season, what's wrong with him, you know, what going going on, you know, what's going on basically, you know, because you watch him at times and you go, my God, this is not the same guy we saw last year, you know, what, you know, why is he just not looking like that explosive guy, the guy that people said was going to be an all-star, mind you, I never said that, but there was a lot of talk, people thinking he was going to be an all-star, that. You know, De'Aaron, who turns 24 this month. God, I forget how young he is sometimes. And in age, not in basketball years, but in age. I forget he's only, you know, he's not even 24 yet. But you look at his, you know, just the season he's had, and you say, damn, what the hell is going on? So what I did was, over the last, you know, week or two, I just, I decided to ask people, 
around the league, people that I trust, you know, independent observers, people not associated with the Kings, just kind of what they think and what they've seen from De'Aaron Fox and watching him this season. Because I think we can all agree if De'Aaron Fox is going to be just, just a guy, so to speak, or, you know, uh, a solid player, but not a star, this team has no chance of <clears throat> doing much of, you know, ending that playoff drought. It's going to be tough to do it anyway, but they get to the top 10 with, an, you know, a, a slightly above average De'Aaron Fox. It's just not going to happen. So what I did was, you know, I uh, took a talk to some various people. And before I get into that, let's go into De'Aaron's splits in the nine wins the Kings had this year. Nine wins, he's shooting about 46%. Still not good from three. He's at 27%. You know, 79% uh, point, you know, percent from the line, free throw line. 7.2 assists, 1.2 steals, 2.7 turnovers, 22.9 points. These are the wins. And the 14 losses, you got a guy shooting 41.2%. <clears throat> the same percentage from three, so he's consistently at 27 by 27%. At the line, goes down to about 72%. Rebounds go down to 3.2 from 4. Assists drop, get this, from 7.2 to 4.4. That's pretty big. The steals are at about the same. Then the turnovers go up to 3.3, and he averages 18.6 points. Now, if De'Aaron's going to be 18.6 and 4.4 assists over the course of a season, yeah, this team is not going to be very damn good. They don't have the talent to, sustain, to withstand De'Aaron playing that way. So... Like I said, I asked some people around the league kind of what they thought, you know, you know, and I would give you just kind of a summary of some of the things I heard, you know, from people looking or looking at De'Aaron and what they thought. One was, it looks like he's going through the motions. Don't see any fire. Don't see any any fight. Just kind of out there. It's kind of just, you know, just out there and just not showing the necessary desire or drive or fire or fight on a consistent basis. And I heard that more than once. I also heard this, you know, he looks like a guy who thinks he can just turn it on when he needs to. You know, kind of if you look back at last season, I know I used to say fourth quarter Fox, you know, in the fourth when Fox would get going, you know, and it was a lot of fun to watch. You know, he had the game last season where he outscored the Pelicans by himself in the fourth. All that stuff. But some people have watched him play this season. It kind of looks like he's gliding into games, so to speak. Just taking it easy and trying to figure out, okay, okay, now we're down. Let me get going. And you saw that against the Lakers to a degree where, you know, they blow a big lead. You put him back in, and now he's trying to turn it on. It's too late, and then you get you get turnover, bad shot, turnover, bad shot. Kind of that that setup. Mess around, lose the game again. You know, and another sentiment that I heard more than once was maybe the losing in Sacramento has gotten to him. Essentially, maybe being a king is broken, De'Aaron. Maybe just that. That guy, you know, who smiled and seemed so happy, just broken by the, the situation. I would argue on one level that that's possible, but I would counter with this. People have taken kind of the snarky, you know, almost dismissive tone in some of De'Aaron's post-game pressers as a sign that, you know, that he's uh, somehow unhappy or this has gotten to him. I'd say this. De'Aaron's always been that way. 
This is not a new version of De'Aaron. It's just that no one wants, no one seems to care when you're, you know, getting 25, 30 points a game. You know, but if you're getting 15 points, four assists, and then you seem like you don't give a damn, the whole different it comes off completely different. But you look at you, you, you know, you try, you take that into consideration and say, well, that be even with that being said, has the winning? I'm sorry, not the winning. Of course, not the winning. The losing has it broken, De'Aaron, so to speak. Is he just kind of resigned to the fact that this is the way it is? And if you don't, as one one, uh, person told me, um, that it almost looks like he figures this is the way it's going to be. And if they don't like it, they can trade me. Yes, I'm not saying that De'Aaron is actually to be traded. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is what the educated observers around the league say is almost as if De'Aaron looks like, I'll play how I'm going to play. Does it really matter? And if you don't like it, you can yell. So what? And what was uh, kind of one that's been one of the sentiments from within the organization already about De'Aaron to the sense that De'Aaron essentially, say for example, plays defense when he feels like it. You know, and that's been that's been brought up more than once by people I know. You know, De'Aaron could be an all you know NBA defender if he wanted to be, or he could push the pace and kit and get them good shots all the time if he wanted to. And that is just, you know, that is just a, it, it makes you question why in the world would you, would you give a guy a max contract if you view like that? It's too late now. He's got the money. But why would you pay a guy big money that you view like that? Which leads me to, this right here, which uh, somebody somebody mentioned to me, you got to be careful who you pay. We all know De'Aaron's in the first year of Max Deal, big time money, and as I've mentioned more than once, of everyone from the class of 2017, that draft class that got Max Deals, De'Aaron's the only one who'd never been an all-star and never been to the playoffs. Is that De'Aaron's fault completely? Of course not. Hell no. He's a king. If you've seen the kings, can't blame any one man for the shit they go through on the court. But the point that was made to me was that even going through some of the other criticisms or critiques or observations of you're going through the motions, you're trying to turn it on when you feel like it. It looks like he got his money and doesn't, and they said, okay, I can mail it in now. And that's just an observation. I'm not saying that's what De'Aaron believes or feels or that's what he's doing, but that's been an observation of people. Just kind of, well, maybe, you know, you paid a guy who doesn't have that natural fire to be an impact guy consistently. And again, that goes back to management, in my opinion. That goes back to the decision makers. There's some people in the organization who already questioned that about De'Aaron and still decided that he was worthy of the extension. And it goes to the whole thing of, you know, the Kings had to pay him. They had to pay him. What were they going to do? They had to pay him. I'll always say this until I'm, I don't know what color in the face, but no, you don't have to do a damn thing. You don't. And if you felt like these are going to be issues or, Concerns about De'Aaron's leadership, drive, and all that. You didn't have to pay him right away. 
And so I reject the notion they had no choice because there's two types of max players. There's a max player who's truly a star, and there's a he's a max player because he's the best player on my team max player. And the question becomes, what type of max player do the Kings have? Right now, the Kings have the type of max player who's the best player on their team. I mean, when you got Tristan Thompson saying a couple of weeks ago, we don't have a, you know, we don't have a Luka, a Harden, a superstar. We got to play as a team. That's an unconscious, you know, indictment of De'Aaron. You know, it may not have been a direct shot at De'Aaron. Probably was not even intended to be a shot, but it is a shot. How do you, how do you have a guy on a max deal and you don't have that guy on your team? How is that possible? Makes no sense. Shouldn't be that way, but. This is what it's come down to in Sacramento now. So, in all these conversations, like I said, I've had about De'Aaron trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and how can they get the get that De'Aaron they see in wins more than losses. It's, uh, I've asked people, kind of, what do you think? And one of the things has been, someone needs to light a fire under him. And that's problematic because if someone's your best, you can't need to light a fire under your best player. That just cannot be a question. Your best player has got to be a guy that's always on, ready to go, turned up, you know, almost over the top, ready to go. Just with intensity and focus and drive. And who do you find that will light a fire, you know, under De'Aaron, if that if that's what, if that's what's needed, I don't think I don't think that guy's on this team, because to, in order to be that guy, you got, you got to have some type of credentials or something that's going to get that guy's attention. And right now, I don't know if the Kings have that guy who's going to get their attention in that manner. Oddly enough, the last guy I recall being that guy was really Amon Shumpert, because he didn't give a damn. He'd say what was on his mind. He'd he you know he. He'd let one off, so to speak. He'd go off on guys. I don't know if they have that guy that those guys are going to listen to. I mean, I don't know if Tristan Thompson's personality translates the same way or, or resonates with these with a guy like that in the same manner. No, so, this is where the Kings are with <laughs> with their best player, and what it what it really tells you is is that if this is going to be how it is with their best player. Forget, you know, year 16 of missing the playoffs. Get ready for year 16, year 17, year 18. Just get ready for it. I mean, I would love to give you all some... Watch that, I won't give a give a damn, but you know, I'm just messing with y'all, but I would love to give you some type of glimmer of hope, but if you are if you look at the Kings' salary situation, the money they have tied up, and De'Aaron, Buddy Hield, Harrison Barnes, all these guys, if, 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 if the, all their hope hinges on... De'Aaron somehow bringing the intensity of Russell Westbrook every game. Shit. Get ready for the lottery. Because I don't think you can put that in a guy. And this is year five for De'Aaron. No, it's, it's you know, it's, 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 it's go time. And they've got it. They still got a chance to do turn it around this season. And just, I just don't have a lot of faith it's going to happen. I have no reason to believe it's going to happen just because of the the history of some of these guys that have been on the team for three or four years because of the competition in the West and just the overall mindset and culture of the Kings is not one that says 
it's a team that <laughs> has the resolve to turn it around because who's going to be the leader of it? You know, it can't be Tristan Thompson because, well, he doesn't play enough. You know, he can be a leader, but you also need a guy who can do that on, you know, on the floor, not just in the locker room. They need a guy on the floor. And for them, that means they really need De'Aaron to step it up. And if you have any faith in that, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you guys all, your take on this. I've given you the take on how De'Aaron's played from multiple people around the league. So let's see where it goes. But enough Kings talk. It's time to jump into the my favorite part of the show, your favorite part of the show, or maybe it's not your favorite part of the show, but we're going to talk some hip hop. We're going to talk about the most recent verses. Uh, that was uh three, six mafia against bone thugs and harmony. Bone thugs and harmony is one of my all time favorite groups. So I was really looking forward to this verses, but before we dive into the verses, what we're going to do is, I'm going to dive into a quick little message for you all from the good folks over at DraftKings who were kind enough to help us bring you not just this show, but all the shows on the Basketball Podcast Network. So football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your current state, you can still get on get in on all that NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So how do you do all that stuff? How do you get into all the fun? Here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now we're going back to the show. And back to your regularly scheduled programming. Now we're going to jump into the versus Bone Thugs and Harmony versus Busy Bone. Not, not versus Busy Bone. Well, almost to say versus Busy Bone, but versus 3 6 Mafia. And kind of, um, I'd say, three, four takeaways from this. First off, the format of versus really favors 3 6 Mafia for this reason. They've got way more songs that hit in the club, that hit at a party. That once you makes you want to get crunk, makes you want to get going. Whereas when I listen to a lot of my Bone Thugs and Harmony, I you know I want to lay back and chill, sip a drink, and reminisce about whatever they're talking about. You know, if you're uh, some of you might want to light up something or you know 
get your favorite cigar or something and just chill, listen to the crossroads. You may not want to just get going, get amped. Whereas I don't think you're allowed to listen to three, six mafia and not want to fight. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, fight, throw money in the club, whatever it is, it gets you going. So in that, in that sense, it was going to be an interesting, you know, back and forth anyway. But of course, as you get into it, busy bone, yo, you know, basically tells three, six, you know, you ain't going to be laughing at me. Called him ugly several times. And now, like I said, it's like somebody said, I was reading on uh, Twitter, takes a lot for you to call another grown man ugly to his face repeatedly. And, you know, so basically had our first altercation of the verses and over over a year of having verses, our first altercation, how we made it through Jeezy and Gucci Mane not getting into it. When Gucci's first song was a diss, I don't know how they did that, but we finally had that. They got order restored, got the show going. And so, my first, like I said, my first takeaway being that the format did favor 3 6 Mafia. And I think because of the way it started out and 3 6 Mafia come out just hitting, hitting, hitting. I think Busy might have got a little bit of annoyed, you know, kind of like if you're at a, you're playing pickup ball and you're losing the game already, so somebody wants to start a damn fight, kind of like that. Oh, my second takeaway from it was that I don't know why Bone held on to their best songs till the end. Well, I guess they figured they couldn't, you know, maybe Three Six Mafia wouldn't have any hits, but I forgot all the hits Three Six Mafia actually had. I mean, I've liked their music, but I was, I'd be lying if I told you I was a big, you know. Three Six Mafia fan. I got some of the songs I like, but I wasn't bumping their music like album, album, you know, on the regular. So it was, it was, it, it, it seemed like Bone was like, hey, let's debut some songs that y'all don't remember. I don't ever never heard. And I'm like, no, I just think that we don't want to hear that, dog. We want to hear, the, we want to hear the clap, we want to hear the good stuff. Bone eventually got into that stuff at some point, but started off rough, started off rough. Uh, amongst the highlights, uh, Three Six Mafia brought out the heavy hitters for their features. You know, you bring out Lil Wayne. They brought out <laughs> Terrence Howard to do his song from uh, Hustle and Flow. I mean, they, you know, Project Pat, all that. They, they really went in. And usually in a verses, you can tell that one side takes the verses way more serious than the other. And in this case. It was clearly, you know, the like Three Six Mafia put a lot into this. You know, Bone came back with you no know, Chameleon Air. They had Chameleon Air. They brought uh, Shatasha who did who sang on Thuggish Ruggers Bone. But I mean, once they brought out Lil Wayne, it was really over. Then you have Lil. Then you know, I said you had. They had Lil. I mean, they had Lil Flip. I mean, it was really over in terms of the star power onto the stage. So I think that that, that bears you know that bears uh, mentioning, and just finally, I'm glad the show ended on a real I don't say high note, but every time you're memorializing people that have been taken from us too soon, like Young Dolph, it's not a high note, but in the end, you know the beef the beef that started during the show seemed to be squashed, as somebody on stage said, "Why are we trying to fight in our forties?" We, we when we didn't fight in our 20s so i was glad to see that part kind of get taken care of but all in all this is actually one of my favorite verses is it be, i don't i don't have it ahead of e40 and two short which i think probably might be my favorite of all of them 
I don't have it to say I heard of the Earth, Wind, and Fire Isley Brothers one. I don't think I have it ahead of Snoop and DMX, really. But maybe I do have it ahead of Snoop and DMX. But it's definitely one of my favorite verses that they've all they've done. Which bring so shout out to both of them. I'll be listening to both a lot of their music now. After every verses, I end up binging the music that I heard from the verses. It's because you got you remember all the good music you listen to and they put out. So I'll be doing a lot of that. And before we get out of here, I want to say shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Rule of the Court podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jason Jones of The Athletic. You can find me at theathletic.com. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got for y'all. Y'all be safe. Y'all be good out there. I will holler at y'all later. I'm gone.